Hi, I'm Alexandria Kenyon, and this is the Naked Conversations podcast. I feel that the most healing breakthroughs on my spiritual awakening have come from vulnerable conversations. When I connect with like-minded spiritual women, I feel free to be my authentic self. It's in the truth and safety of these conversations that we can offer each other healing, guidance, energetic support, and love. I'm Alexandria Kenyon, and this is the Naked Conversations podcast. I'm here to introduce you to Elizabeth Sanders, my beautiful cousin, awesome friend, and a light worker here to share her story. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm so excited for this new adventure for you. And I'm excited to share my part in your life. It's going to be great. I was thinking about this before we started recording. I was like, okay, I'm about to out her like so hard. Dude, whatever. It needs to happen. Are you ready? Spirit's wanting, I'm ready. Spirit's wanting to release some stuff and get it out there in the open and, you know, let other people hear about it. Cause you know, okay, we're not the only two that are going through what we're going through. And we're not the only two that, you know, have been dealing with the things that we've dealt with. I mean, we've had a very trying childhood. We've had a very trying life until now. And I think with the situations that we've been put in and the people that we've lost, it's, you know, released us to finally truly be ourselves with no judgment. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. It's just some are more vocal about it and some aren't. I'm ready to be so vocal. (laughs) (laughs) Our throat truckers have been going nuts. So I think this is like the epitome of them like opening up. Um, So let's just go, let's just dive in. Let's just dive in. I think let's let's ask this. Let me ask you this question. Okay. We can kind of open it up and figure out where we're going to go with this conversation um, because there is so much. Elizabeth has been through so much. And it's interesting because our journeys have really mirrored, like actually. They really have. I keep thinking about that like constantly and I'm just like, holy crap. <laughs> I feel like it's like very clear that our higher selves wrote each other in oh, for, for sure. these moments because... Yeah. I don't think I'd be able to do it without you. And I'm so oh, grateful. I, for hell, I would not be able to do this shit without you. Are you kidding? Like, you and, helped me so much with like opening things up and, you know, changing my perspective on things and really opening up to my spirituality and like not being afraid of it. Like, even though it can be something that's like terrifying at times, but totally. just like having that person to ground you and like be there for you and hold that space. Like, it's just, it's so helpful. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't, I was so worried when I kind of came out as a medium that everyone was going to think that I was crazy. And I was so proud of you for doing that. I know how hard that was. too. (laughs) I just didn't want to be like, I think a lot of it was like, I didn't want to be invalidated because I had just had a traumatic experience. Like, Oh, this is just how she's trauma. I think it's just so cool that I have somebody in my family who was going through the exact same thing as me. And obviously like for a reason. Yeah. I definitely question. Yeah. I definitely question it sometimes if it is because like some things happen and then it goes away and then it comes back and then it goes away and it's kind of just like an accordion effect of 
you know, emotions and feelings and sight and sound and all those things. So it's kind of just like, sometimes it's a hard thing to sit in because you have one thing happen and you're like, Oh my gosh. Like when I found the dog on New Year's Eve, like that was a full telepathic like moment that I had. And then I haven't had anything since then. So it's like, okay, well, do I really have a gift or do I not have a gift? Like, you know, you don't, you you just don't know. So it's like you, when you're still going through that awakening and you have these things happen, you're just like, you almost just feel like you can see 24 seven. Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, (laughs) (laughs) no, like legitimately there are so many times that like, I have to override my logical mind and be like, no, like what you're experiencing is true. And well, it's like, we have to like deprogram, like that's such a huge thing. Now I do believe as like a collective as well with, you know, what's going on with the world crisis and all this stuff. That's the new normal. Like we have to reprogram our brains from, you know, what we've learned since we were children. Like, it's just, it's not how our thinking is going to be anymore. And, you know, with the fifth dimensional shift and all of that going on too, it's just, there's so much stuff that's changing. And with change, you know, and letting go, like your first podcast, which was absolutely beautiful, (laughs) was just, you know, and it goes into so many different things of like letting go of, you know, everything your actual self like yeah or the, exactly. or the self that you created that just isn't gonna isn't gonna vibe in the 5d yeah okay? like it's not, <laughs> not coming. the self that you created and the pro the programmed self yeah not your true self exactly exactly and I think you and I have been on this journey of shedding all of those layers of who we thought that we had to be to oh, definitely survive um which we like I've been doing that my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like every birthday is just like a new version of like it is. I don't I don't know if we ever stop doing that because we're always growing, we're always expanding. Um yeah, we're always learning and and we can changing. Feel bad. Like there's no reason to feel like bad or shameful about your old existences because they served you at the time. And that's something I've really had to sit with because sometimes I'm like, oh honey, why? Like, yeah. No, no, I do the same thing. <laughs> But the same thing. The ultimate, you know, gift of self-love is to just accept yourself. Yeah. Regardless, you don't have to judge yourself. It doesn't have to be good or bad. Just self-acceptance. Like, okay. The only answer that you should have is like, okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like self-acceptance too and like self-love, a lot of people don't know how to do that or like where to start. Like for me, like my, my journey of it, it's been so difficult for me and like, I'm slowly getting into it now, like where I'm like listening to my body, what my body wants me to do. And like, if I have an urge to want to do something or eat something or whatever, like I listen to that urge instead of just like ignoring it. And I think just finding the forms of like what self-love is to you, because there's no right or wrong form for it. I mean, if it's abuse, obviously no way, shape or form is that self-love, but if it's like, you know, giving yourself a face mask or going on a 20 minute walk or, you know, just sitting in your bed and staring at the wall, like, <laughs> or like legitimately or, standing up for yourself, <laughs> using your throat yeah. chakra, like yeah, saying the hard things. things, all of those things, even though they're hard are forms of self-love yeah. that I didn't realize were self-love until I like got to the other side of like speaking my actual truth to people who hurt me. And then I realized yeah. like, Oh I must love myself to put myself in that vulnerable position and be yeah, able to like, I was just going to say the yeah. vulnerability of it, like is a huge thing. Like I've, 
I've really been stepping into that being vulnerable and like, you know, doing my amendments of apologizing to people and doing my amendments of, you know, the things that I not necessarily did wrong in my life, but the things that I did in the past of my past self that I wasn't proud of that, you know, deserve to, you know, speak that truth, but also to speak my truth to the people like how they hurt me or what they did to me that hurt me. And that's, you know, that's like an extremely hard thing to do, especially when you're programmed in your brain to like, not do that. Like, (laughs) no, like you're not, you know, you don't do this. You don't do that. We're not always the good guy. That was a big Mm -mm. one for me. That was a big one for me in my spiritual awakening. Like I think so our ego, right. Tries to, always come out on top. Okay. Like that wants to always come out on top. And so mine was so big before this (laughs) that I thought that I was right a hundred percent of the time and having to kind of relive some of those moments where I was definitely not, I won't say wrong because it got me to where I am, but not in my highest like level of truth and and my highest level of capacity um of you know not in my truth and not in my soul uh yeah I've had to say sorry I've done some shit yeah Yeah. I'm right there with you girlfriend you know your spiritual doesn't mean that you haven't lived a life where you've made some really interesting choices and hurt people well it also goes back to like again like the programming like that's we lived our lives like it was survival of the fittest. Yeah. You know, I mean, we made it, we did it. Let's talk about that a little bit more for the, just for the little bit of the backstory. Um, So Elizabeth and I both grew up with our mothers. We loved so much, but they both struggled with addiction. And we were talking about this the other day. It was so interesting that both of us were going through the exact same thing with our mothers, but we never put it together until after they both had passed. Like, yeah, I know that was really weird. <laughs> that, I mean, it's just, it's to the point where we literally have been living the same lives pretty much our entire life. And we never knew it until they passed. And I think that was, so they passed away three years apart from each other, which is even more ironic. Cause I think with my mom passing, it allowed me to do like I did those first three years by myself. And then once yeah. that happened to you, then I was like, it almost was like a gift for both of us because we've yeah. both helped each other. But I think for me, I had already gone through it for the first three years. So I had gone through it in a different way to where I could be there for you step like in a separate position and like hold different space for you. And yeah, it's, it was definitely a gift that we got granted from them. It was so interesting because when your mom passed, I was definitely not in the place where I could have hold that space or be supportive. But um, I kind of look at it this way. Once you have someone, the person that you've loved the most on this earth, right? Like that was my mother for me. And I know that was your mom for you. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. You're part of this weird little grief club this weird little lost club that like you either sink or swim, like, and you and I had to find our own paths of healing. They were so different and we're still on (laughs) them a little bit. Um, it still hurts, but, um, that moment, like 
I think that was our moment. That was our breaking point, right? Yeah. To lose a mother that we both took care of for so many years was almost secondly, like losing a child. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it's still, even it's still, it still feels like, you know, it definitely did feel like losing a child because yeah, we did, we did take care of our mothers our entire lives. And, you know, at a really young age, we had to become the caretakers. It's those two things. Like you said, you sink or swim and you know, no matter how hard it is, you have to choose to swim. It's like when you've taken care of someone and you've been through that journey of addiction with somebody you love and then they pass all of that trauma, like, catches up to you and you have to process all of that while also deconstructing an identity as a caregiver. Yeah. And it's realize how abused you are, but also like how much you love the person. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. It's just a mind fuck. It is. It's, it's definitely, I mean, you're losing when that goes away, it's like you almost feel like you're losing your identity. Yeah. But at the same time, you're being gifted a new identity of who yep. you truly are because you're released from that bind. Yeah. And that felt really good. Like yeah. at that time, I was like, oh, wow, I don't have to constantly check and make sure that you're alive. Yeah. But also like would still do it. <laughs> like well yeah of course I mean regardless it's our it's our mothers I mean no matter I mean even to this day like I still mentally check in on her like, I, yeah, it's, it's not like even a habit here, but I'm still like taking care of her because yeah. you know after they pass like part of her still lives within me and I feel that I can heal for the both of us like that's the biggest gift that I've been given from her passing away is that you know yes now they both are freed from their demons and their traumas and whatever, because they shed all of their, you know, hardening and everything like you've told me when they go onto the other side and it's, they go back to who they really were before all of that happened. And now they're healing on that part of it and we're healing on our part of it. So it's yeah. almost like this united healing together and yeah. it gives you just a different perspective of everything. And like, you know, I feel like when you lose your mom or a parent, it's, it gives you like a new form of life to where you want to be better and you want to do better and you want to, you know, do all these things and not only for yourself, but for them too, to prove to them that, you know, you gave me a purpose and I'm going to live out my purpose. A hundred percent. And we both know that our mothers are living vicariously through us. Oh, hundred like, percent. And they're probably all the up to some real <laughs> mischief up there. I, Knowing I those two it. together. Yeah. I don't know what they're thing. doing, but they're probably orchestrating this podcast episode. So oh, I'm thank sure, you, I'm moms. Sure yeah, thanks, mom. <laughs> thanks, Sam Bobby. <laughs> I felt growing up that I was so like isolated. No one understood me. Like I had to carry all the weight of my mom's addiction and make and her survival on my back. So I lived in survival mode till I was about uh, 25. Can you speak yeah. into that? Like what does that... I have been pretty much living survival mode since I was like six. Yeah. And I've been taking care of I me. Mean, my parents were married 
And then they got separated when I was sick. So their fights and all that. And that's kind of when my mom started spiraling. Yep. And I mean, my mom always struggled with stuff. But when I was like baby, baby, like she was pretty good. Like she was at a normal level. But then once I was getting older, mm. um, my mom just kind of lost it and started spiraling. And that's when I like had to make the decision of you know, well, now I have to be the parent. Now I have to be the caretaker. I have to take care of not only myself, but also my mom. My dad left. In in relationships like that too, it's so hard because it's like you can't, you fight so much for someone, but both of them, they, they don't know how to love. They just, that's their thing. Like their childhood and all of that that they went through, they didn't know how to, you know, express themselves the right way or whatever it was. And I mean, growing up my whole life, my mom struggled with expressing herself even to me. And, you know, she'd have her violent episodes and abuse me and throw things at me and say things to me. And, you know, I had to, I had to take care of myself and I didn't really, that didn't really stop until I was like 22. And that was the year before she passed. And then, I mean, even after she passed, like I've been doing survival mode pretty much until this year. And it's just nice. I mean, I finally have an apartment with my name on the lease with my boyfriend. And I have a man that actually like fights for me and takes care of me and is there for me when I need it and holds space for me. And it's, yeah, at 28, I finally was able to stop doing survival mode. I mean, I still have it in certain aspects of my life because, I mean, it's something that I don't think will ever deprogram out of me because it's just, it's truly who I am. And... But I think with that, like, there's such a beauty in that because with having to have, like, a survival mode and doing that, like, you can relate to so many people and just be there for them and understand things in a different, like, mindset and a different frame. Like, you just see things in all perspectives, pretty much. It created and, this, like, spirituality. It created my empathy. Yeah. It I had cre- to go yeah. through it to be able to, like, connect with others the way that I connect with others and... I feel the same for you. I I have a pretty good track record for saving my mom from herself. I think yeah. you do. And yeah. I think we are just like batting 99%. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. like shit. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. Like we got to look at it. Like I look back on all of the times I've like made sure she was alive and I helped her and I got her to the right people and all the good stuff. And like, I'm 99% accurate. Okay. Yeah. It's that 1%. And, um, I think it's the hardest 1% to sit with. Yeah. I think that 1% definitely trumps everything else. Yeah. And it's like really, okay. All the times you did right. It's always that 1% that you did wrong or that you feel like you did wrong or that you didn't rise to your own expectations that yeah, you have to sit with and you have to live with. Yeah. I think a lot of people too, like mindfully sit in that 1%. Yeah. They don't, they don't choose to do the 99 because sitting in that 1% is way easier. It's easier just to like, you know, let go, give up, whatever. And, you know, let it, let it feel like you're a failure. Yeah. And And then sitting in that that 99, you're constantly fighting and having to like, it's almost like proving yourself over and over again. Like, okay, well I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Like, why am I not being rewarded for these things? But yeah. If you look at it, like you are being rewarded because you're being rewarded with life lessons of things yeah. that you'd never be able to learn if you didn't choose to go through that side. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. So I have a question. Okay. Questions. What was the moment that, what was your highest level of pain? Like the threshold that broke you into your spiritual awakening? Wow. I don't even, no one's asked me that question. I don't even think <laughs> I've even thought of that myself. I think of it every day. (laughs) I think what broke my spiritual awakening was honestly, so I have struggled obviously with drinking. Thanks mom. Um, I've been sober for crap. I think I'm on my 16 months like this week. Congratulations. You're doing so great. It's it's crazy. Like I don't even, I don't even think about drinking anymore. Like I can be around it and like, it doesn't bother me. Like my boyfriend drinks, he drinks, you know, wine and beer all the time and does his thing. I don't, I respect it. He wants to do. Um, everyone around me drinks. I really don't have any friends that are sober. Do you think Uh, that you drank to, numb all of that. Yes. I drank a hundred percent to run away. I, I drank to escape my problems. I was a problematic drinker and I learned that when, you know, I got a DUI a year after my mom passed and then I got a second DUI because I'm so smart. I didn't learn any of my lessons back then. Um, and got Sometimes a second you gotta go back a second time yeah. and learn and the second time. The second time was me learning. Yeah. Um, I had a bench warrant for my first one and it was just, you know, I wasn't paying my things and I wasn't taking care of things and I was just letting everything, everything was just spiraling out of control slowly, but surely. And I was forming my mom's habits. I was kind of becoming my mom before she passed. And I had a conversation with my dad, like, you know, he told me, he's like, if you don't knock you know, if you don't knock this stuff off, like you're, you're going to end up in a lot of trouble and you're going to fall back into what you were doing before. And it's like, I would never really gotten into doing drugs or anything like that. Like it was mostly just drinking and driving and just being an idiot. And so then I got my second DUI and I had to get booked and changed out and was in jail for like 13 hours and got out like two hours before I had to be at work to work my night shift. And I was still living with my boyfriend, Matt, at the time, but I was seeing someone else because, you know, life has to give you lessons and you have to be <laughs> as dark and whatever fucked up shit you have to do. To, okay. You know, it's okay. Like, it. And, you know, we've been, we've gotten past it and we love each other and we're in a much better place now and we've forgiven each other and we're working on our crap. We had been together for a year already but we had broken up multiple times and we were kind of figuring our stuff out because we both were not in the best place when we first awesome. met. And so we were just, we were learning each other. We were going through our cycles of healing and they weren't really the healthiest cycles for Mine sure. have not been either. So no judgment. But you know what? That, that taught me, that taught me my life lesson. And yeah. so that led into when I hit that, you know, my second DUI and I had to go through, you know, outpatient rehab and court put an ankle bracelet on me and I couldn't drive and I had to like do I got pretty much about everything taken away from me and it really made me sit in all of it and I had to I started going to therapy and that was voluntarily and you know I did it consciously because it I knew that if I started going to therapy before I had to go back to court, it would look better to the judge that, oh, she's actually getting mental health, like blah, 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 blah. So I I did it for the wrong reason. 
but it ended up being right. right. Like subconsciously, like spirit was trying to get you where you needed to go because it was like, hi, Elizabeth, time to process. Yeah. Avoiding avoidance is the, is. Yeah. And I had been avoiding for like three years. Yeah. And so that's where, like, it finally, I went to therapy, and the therapist that I had is, I mean, she was the best. I absolutely loved her. Her energy was amazing. She was genuine, and just, she just made me feel so good about myself. She had me write a letter to my mom of what I would say to her, and she told me, she's like, make it as explicit as you want, like, speak your truth. I don't care how dark it is. I don't like, I don't just write it right. How, however you feel, there's no wrong or right way to feel. I just like, just write down, you know, everything that she made you feel or whatever. So I wrote a letter to her and ironically, when I wrote the letter, it wasn't angry. Like I thought it would be, it was very like, I forgive you. Like I understand, like I was kind of just now at a point in my life where like I understood it. Yeah, And then she had me read it out loud to her. And that was like, she's like, don't stop reading it. Like fight through your crying, fight through whatever you're feeling. Just like read it all straight out. And she was like, if you can't even speak words, like just keep reading it. And so I did. And then after that, she's like, okay, at the end of our session, she's like, okay, now I want you to go home. And two hours before our, our next session, I want you to write a letter from your mom to you. Yeah. And like what she would be saying to you now. And I read that one out loud. And that was the one that broke me because it was me channeling. Yeah. It was me channeling what it was me channeling what I think she would be saying to me now, but it wasn't what I thought it was. It was what she was actually saying. She was actually saying it to you. And now that I'm like, you know, way deeper into my spirituality and all those things, I think that's what broke me. My mom is what broke my spirituality for me. Yeah. She, you know, she and spirit both were like, you're ready for this and you need this because this is what's going to, you know, help you heal everything. And it's going to help you in so many different ways that you don't even know yet. I think that was the biggest pain threshold that I had was writing those letters to my mom after she passed. And that was like three years after it. And I hadn't like, that was the first time in the three years that I actually, that I felt it, that I went through Mm -hmm. it. I felt so good. And like the therapist that I had was just so great. And she's just like, Elizabeth, you know what? Like, like you are so resilient and she's like, you are the most authentic person I've ever met in my life. There's this thing inside of you that is just so authentic. And, you know, throughout all of the things that you've been through in your life and like you having to start parenting yourself at six, which she was the one that taught me that because she made me go through a timeline of my life of, you know, when did you start doing these certain things? And that's when yeah. I was like, Holy crap, I've been taking care of myself since I was six. Mm-hmm. And she was just saying like, you know, that's, that's not something someone can be taught. That's just something someone knows. You have to learn through experience. Yeah. You have to learn Mm -hmm. through experience and you doing that at such a young age, you have so much experience to teach and relate to other people. Yeah. And I think that was really what broke open my spirituality because that kind of started giving me my purpose and it started making me look at life in a different perspective. Yeah. And I'm really proud of you. I think um, we all kind of want to avoid feeling the pain, especially a pain that cuts you in the heart so deeply. 
How did you feel after? Like, was it as bad as you thought it was going to be feeling? No. no. Right? It never Honestly, is. It was the most like, and I think that's the thing too. Like, we're so afraid of facing these things and facing our traumas and facing our fears and whatever it is, because you have this like programmed thought of like, oh, if I face this, it's not going to go away. Like, yeah. it's going to be worse if I go through it or whatever it is but you're not, if you face that and you go through it, you're going to go out of it on the other side. So much, you are going to have so much more light in you and a more clear understanding of life. Let's talk about us coming back together. Cause this is my favorite thing. Um, I love this. This makes so, me so happy. I know this is the best. So, um, I saw Elizabeth after my mom had passed, I think it was in February of 2019. Just, it was a weird trip. I was spreading my mom's ashes. It was the first time I was seeing a lot of family members. I was in a really vulnerable state and trying to keep it the fuck together. Yeah. Um, uh, I feel that. Um, so Elizabeth and I decide that we are going to get lunch. And uh, for some reason, I decided I would come out to Elizabeth as a medium this day. I was like... Oh, gosh. I, I was bawling. That was so I intense, was like, but so I loved it. I'm a medium... And, uh, so it was just like energy that day that I, I, I didn't really know I was a medium, but I knew that I had like, I didn't really know. You were going into your gift. You I were, was definitely you were going getting in. things done that you were questioning a lot of things. But when you yeah. told me that, like, I got so excited. I was like, okay, oh my gosh, tell me all the things. Like I want yeah. to know everything. And you're just like, wait, what? Like and I you can actually tell people And you were going through something so similar. So like when I shared with you like what I was going through, you were like, oh shit. Like maybe this is true. Like maybe I do have something. Maybe I, I was going through like clairvoyancy, I think. Yeah, I was seeing energies around like up, objects and people. You're opening up your third eye and I could feel it. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause like when you first come out as a medium, like it's really hard because you're like, okay, are people gonna accept me or believe me? I love that my soul felt safe enough. Like like you were one of the first people outside of like my, um, spiritual group of friends yeah. that knew. So that day I was like, we were walking, um, down Del Mar in San Clemente. And there was this little like psychic shop. Oh, and yeah. I kept telling you the message that I had for you, the message that I had for you was like, Elizabeth, you need to get a reading. Your mom's trying to connect with you. And I kept telling you this over and over and over and over again. I was like, yeah, you need to get, um, a reading and for some reason I had never gotten a reading done yeah, before. Either. I was like, I've why don't you to, but I was like I think for me it was always like I always wanted to get it done, but I didn't I don't know the person personally. So it's like how are you, you know, how do you, you connect a connection? To, yeah. Yeah. We go to your restaurant that you worked at, your second home. Um yeah. sitting there. And uh guess what? Elizabeth's mother comes through me. <laughs> And I go, was that, oh. that wasn't the first person that you channeled though, right? Because it was our great grandmother on that side that you channeled. That was the first one, wasn't it? I that told know. you that we had psychic lineage on our family or whatever. No, I mean, I had channeled people. I didn't know who I was talking to. Yeah. But your mom was the first actual, because I know her. So I knew her yeah. energy. So I was like, so That's she was so, the so first weird. person who I believed it because there are some things that came through for you, like your little bunny rabbit and things like yeah. that. I didn't know. So I was like, 
Oh. And the jean jacket, the infamous jean jacket. Oh my God. And so some of these signs that she was giving, you have to understand when you, when it's only in your head, you're just like, oh, I'm making this shit up. When someone is on the other side of it and validates it, you're like, oh, Oh, this is real. (laughs) Like, am I a medium? I just think it was so interesting that I've been hearing this message of like, oh, Elizabeth's mom needs to talk to her. Like my aunt Bobby, right? Like you need to connect them. So I was like, oh, I'll just connect her with a psychic, like not knowing my own power. And then all of a sudden uh, I start channeling in the restaurant and uh, <laughs> you felt a really big moment in your solar plexus, just like a yeah. big shift. And um, I think that's kind of, that was just a moment for us. And yeah, that was a huge moment for us for it sure. Was so cool because... Yeah, it was a big moment for me. Too. I think that like binded us back together. Yeah. Like after that point, like I think we were talking like almost every day. Yeah, I think or we at least like day. a few times a week. Like we were talking a lot. Okay. My next question is Dun dun dun. We're dropping back into true healing. Um, bring it, bring it. What was the most difficult part of yourself to forgive? Like the hardest part to forget blaming myself on my mom's death yeah for I mean not necessarily just that but forgiving myself for not being able to take care of her the way that I thought I needed to or like being able to like save her yeah I think that was my biggest that was yeah that was that was the one not being able to save her and not being able to like be the one to rescue her. Yeah. But within forgiving that for myself, like I was able to rescue myself. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I just grew up my whole life having to like protect her and save her. And, you know, I was, I felt like that was my life purpose when at the expense of yourself. Yeah. And that was the thing. Like I, when my mom was alive, like I lost myself like I didn't know who I was yeah I always knew who I was as I've always been the same way since I was a kid but like mentally deep down I knew who I was but mentally I was just like well who am I like you know I was constantly going in and out of relationships I'd break up with one guy start dating another like that was just my life pattern and it was just because you know I like codependency yeah it was all codependency yeah. because you know my dad left me after they got divorced, like he pretty much abandoned me. I rarely ever saw him. I barely spoke to him. And then with my mom, like forgive, it was just all of those things, like having to forgive myself for ha- having to go through those things. Yeah. I guess if that makes like any sense. No, it, it really does. Because I think a lot of it too, is like going back to that child who had to deal with that and going back to your past self, going back to the person that you were when your mom died and offering support to that person yeah that's the shot your shadow self yeah but also your inner child like coming back and just being like wow okay I forgive you for acting like this because you're doing the best you could you were doing the best you could and also like that little child like coming back and be like we made it we're safe now I love you I forgive you you need to forgive yourself and yeah talking to your inner child too. Um, 
And well, you helped me with that and you helped me create my safe space for my inner child too. Ooh, so that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, inner child work is something that I'm so passionate about, especially for people who've just gone through traumatic situations where you lose yourself. Like there's nothing I think more heartbreaking than losing yourself in someone else. And yeah. um, that can look like so many different things that can look like with your parents, that can look like with a spouse, that can look like a boyfriend, that could look like friendships. Yeah. When you don't come back to your center and your soul, like then you start like being disassociative and And you become disconnected. Yeah. And it's a very weird, ungrounded feeling. And I felt like that for so, so long. And so, uh, yeah, I I definitely agree. (laughs) Did you ever have those moments? And I have them all the time, actually, where I truly believe that our higher selves, our higher form orchestrates all of these kinds of big moments in our life to make sure that we're on the right path for what we have signed up for to learn here. Oh yeah, Um, absolutely. Forgiving your higher self is another level of forgiveness because I'm like, really? Why would you put me through that? Having that understanding of why you go through something? Because if you don't have an understanding, it's so much harder to go through it. Yeah. I think that at my higher self lots of times. I'm like, honey, I'm here living it. And I think that's the thing too, is like, for me, like I get mad at my higher self, but like, I never question her. I never questioned her. Yeah. I never like, I always knew what she was doing and the re- the things that she was putting me through was for a reason. Yeah. And I think that's a situation I've known my entire life. And I think I've always, since a kid, I've always kind of been spiritually awakened, but I didn't know it. I wasn't like. Because, you know, as kids, like, we see spirits, we hear spirits, we, you know, we... We're a lot more we're, open. We're a lot more yeah. open because we, when we're babies and we're younger and we're, like, going through that development stage of our lives... We're not conditioned. We're not conditioned, so we are our highest self. And mm-hmm. I feel like that part of me never died, and that's what got me through mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So, in a way, like, I've always been my higher self. Oh, but I never, but I never realized it until I had all of those, you know, heart shattering, yes, you know, dark night, demon night things that you know you had to go, (laughs) that you have to go through to actually truly fully realize that you are you are your source, you are your higher self, you have all the answers inside of you, you have everything you're looking for. What does the future look like for you? What are you? feeling uncertainty and unknowing I have absolutely no idea and I'm completely okay with that I am completely and I think that's another thing where it's just like people are so afraid of not knowing and unknowing and this this, and that and it's just like I've always been so like I want my future to look like this that I finally just surrendered to it and was like you know what I'm just gonna live my life day by day yeah. I'm going to do what my soul says that it wants to do. I'm going to listen to spirit. I'm going to, you know, listen to my mom. I'm going to do what I feel like I need to do. And whatever that is, cool. I love that. I love that you're in this beautiful place of surrender. You are on this journey. You are healing. You are growing. You are transforming. I see it right before my eyes. I'm so proud of you. Your sobriety is so beautiful. Um, you're Thank has been so powerful. I'm so excited to see what that looks like for you, like in a year. And, um, and I'm just really proud of you. Like 
Thank you so much for speaking your truth with me. I love you. Thank you so much for being. Thank on you for having me. Episode and um, do you have any final words to say? Love yourself in whatever shape or form that is. I love that. What beautiful words to leave you guys with. I'm Alexandria Kenyon, and you've been listening to Naked Conversations, the podcast. You can connect with me on Instagram at Naked Conversations Podcast or on my website, alexandriakenyon.com. Thank you for listening. Till next time. <laughs>